Welcome to the Scottish at Heart podcast with me, Alison Fraser. Whether you're Scottish at heart or Scottish by blood, this podcast is for all Caledonian connections. So grab a wee dram as we explore what it means to be Scottish. Welcome to episode six of the Scottish at Heart podcast with me, Alison Fraser. This podcast is for anyone who feels Scottish at heart, regardless of where they live or ancestral claims. My guest today is Scott Carmichael, the host of the Carmichael Clan radio podcast and a member of Clan Carmichael USA. I reached out to Scott after chatting with Kathy from episode one, and she mentioned in our pre-interview chat that there was a podcast all about the Carmichael clan and that she had been interviewed herself on it. And then she said that Scott would be an interesting guest to have on here. Well, she wasn't wrong. Scott and I spent over an hour chatting and could have spent even longer had time allowed. In this episode, you're going to hear about the Carmichael clan, how Scott came to start a podcast, his connection to Scotland, and how he would spend 24 hours in Scotland. You will also hear about my name. I use the name I was born with for this podcast, and currently I use my married name elsewhere, but I am using my maiden name a lot more, just because it makes me feel a lot more connected to Scotland these days. There are links in the show notes to Scott's podcast, as well as to the Scottish at Heart Patreon. This month, I've added a playlist that you can listen to in between episodes. So fill your glass. So fill your glass, make yourself comfy and enjoy listening to Scott Carmichael. Welcome on to Scottish at Heart, Scott Carmichael. Hey, Alison. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you thinking to ask me to come on to your podcast. I'm excited. So you are the host of Clan Carmichael podcast, a podcast about the Clan Carmichael. Your surname is Mm -hmm. Carmichael, so it's pretty obvious how you're involved. But why did you decide to do a podcast about the Carmichael clan? Yeah, so it's a a funny story. Initially, well, I got involved in, in Clan Carmichael in 2020, and it was really just as the world was shutting down because of the COVID pandemic. I came on to Clan Carmichael and started working as their membership coordinator. And one thing occurred to me as I got involved was that we had a lot of, of older members. And so we had, a, we had members more than a handful that were in their early to mid eighties. And I had heard about all these older members who had been involved in Clan Carmichael for, you know, over just a few over 40 40 years since the early 80s when when our clan chief, Richard Carmichael, became the chief. And he actually moved from New Zealand. He was an accountant in New Zealand and found out that he was next in line to be chief. And so these these people in Clan Carmichael USA had been involved since those very early days. And I'd heard about all these interesting stories they had of Clan Carmichael over the years and and that we, we needed to talk to them. And so a couple of them passed away. I was helping with the newsletter a little bit, but a couple of the members passed away and we lost the ability to ever have that conversation with them and to hear those memories and all these stories that they had. And so I had the idea, I'm a, I'm a, a, a huge consumer of podcasts. I love podcasts. 
and I'd always wanted to know how they were made. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to buy a microphone. I bought a cheap microphone on Amazon. I did a little, I did a deep dive into microphones and found something on Amazon that I thought would work well. And I thought, I'll just, I'll start sitting down with these people and and talking to them. And of course, like I said, the pandemic was kind of a thing. And so I found a website that I could do interviews online with people all over the world. And it was a chance to to finally capture some of those stories from the older members that had all these tales of the past 40 years at Clan Carmichael. And so actually that was the thing. The, the real motivation to get to get started was to record these interviews with the older members. But then I f- had to figure out a way to to host all the interviews. And I thought, well, I'll just do a podcast. And like I said, as a as a podcast fan, I thought, well, I'll just figure out how to do this. And so that's when the Carmichael Clan Radio podcast started. And and so, you know, it was it was an attempt to capture those stories from our members, both the older ones and and the ones who have not been around as long. And then it kind of expanded from that point. And I didn't I guess I was probably not the most knowledgeable person about Scotland's history and its traditions. I was sort of new to it. And I thought, well, what a great way to learn. You know, I'll just I'll just have these experts in the in their fields join me and talk to me. And and I was lucky that they were willing to do that. And so it it kind of expanded from just, you know, capturing these stories of Clan Carmichael members to you know, kind of capturing information and, and, you know, experts coming on to talk about traditions and culture and the history of Scotland. So now it kind of goes back and forth. I'll every now and then I'll have an, an episode with a clan Carmichael member, and then I'll try to get, you know, a story or, a, you know, a guest to come on and talk about history, culture, traditions and such. So that's kind of how it began. But you're in the States, so you, mm-hmm. you've got a, an American accent but a Scottish surname. So right. when when did you decide that you were going to look into your Scottish ancestry? Well, that is something that has been a part of me for a long time. I wrote an article on my Substack page where I, where I host our podcast about growing up in my grandmother's house. I didn't grow up in her house, but like growing up at her house, she had a picture of my grandfather wearing full Highland attire, a kilt. You know, he had the whole thing. And it was, it hung in her stairway going downstairs. And I was always really intrigued by this photo of my grandfather. I thought we must have been some sort of Scottish royalty or something because <laughs> he was a real, you know, striking kind of tall, handsome guy. And he was wearing a Scottish attire. And I thought, wow, we must be really important. But it always stuck with me. And I've always been really curious about our Scottish, that connection to Scotland. I learned from her that we were from Scotland. You know, that was for our, our ancestors came from Scotland. And that's why he had that picture. So it's something that, you know, like it's it's been something I've always been curious about. I've always felt that connection with Scotland. I don't have any any Scottish accent. I have probably a Southern United States accent, but I've always felt that real strong connection with Scotland. And, and it's, I mean, that's probably been, as far as I can remember back, I've always been kind of interested in, and intrigued with this idea that our family was Scottish. When did your family move to the United States? Like which generation was it? They came here in, I guess it was the seven, the mid 1700s. And so it was uh, around, I forgot the exact year, 1750 something. Um, and so, you know, what I've, what I've been able to 
research on my own. Of course, Ancestry helps out a lot, Ancestry.com. It looks like that my family came from Lismore after they were apparently fighting with the Stuarts of Appen in the Jacobite Rebe- Rebellion. And there there was a, a group of Carmichaels that fought with the Stuarts of Appen at Culloden. And of course, then after, you know, afterwards, all the Highlanders were moved out. And I, I was reading something just the other day about the different waves of Scottish immigrants to the U.S. And there was one that was mid-1700s where there were lots of, you know, Highland Scots that came here then. And so it looks like that's when my family came to the United States and moved from Lismore in the, that's the inner Hebrides, I guess, and settled on the North Carolina, South Carolina border area. Wow. So yeah, the early Scots for the, the clearances after Culloden. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really trying to learn more for the past two months probably i've been trying to nail down some interviews with people who live in lismore it's such a small island there aren't many people that live there i've i'm I'm working on getting a professor who is he's a retired professor that actually lives in lismore now and he's written two books about the history of lismore and i'm trying to get some people on to talk about you know the, the carmichaels that lived in lismore of course alexander carmichael is one of the more famous ones that live there carmichaels are unique though too because we have a group of Carmichaels that were in Lismore that were up in the Highlands. But then most of the Carmichaels are from Southern Lanarkshire. And that's where the Carmichael estate is now. And so, you know, it looks like the Carmichaels that, that were my ancestors had moved from Lanarkshire to Lismore at some point. Unless that's what I was able to find out on Ancestry and then came here. So, but I am working on you know, trying to find out more about these people because it's really, really interesting to me. It is fascinating, though, that given that your family left Scotland so long ago that you still carry the Carmichael name when it could have easily died out. I, I know. I, I keep think. I think of that often, actually. My wife sometimes brings it up that, you know, I did my ancestry DNA, you know, the DNA report, and I didn't have as much Scottish DNA as I thought I would. But I keep thinking, I'm like, but how lucky am I to have been the direct descendant of the name? You know, I still have that Carmichael name and there's that direct connection back to the Carmichael estate. And of course, you know, the thousand years of Carmichael history. And so I really feel fortunate to to be a Carmichael, even though, you know, I wish I had 80% Scottish DNA. That would be really cool. I would probably have red hair also if I did, but, 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 you know, I really do truly feel lucky to be a Carmichael and to and to have been one of the fortunate ones to have kept the name after all those years. Yeah, see, I've got 67% Scottish okay. ethnicity, wow. according to Ancestry. My my father was a Fraser, but being a okay. girl child, <laughs> I, right. I, I changed my name when I got married. I'm actually in the process of deciding whether to change it back because I really love being a Fraser. I've sure. got the red hair, you know, I've got that. <laughs> that direct connection to Scotland. I've got a son whose surname is not Fraser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, when, when I meet, you know, women that are in the clan, that are in clan Carmichael also who, you know, they've had to change their name. They got married and changed their name. I don't, you know, I'm just thankful that I was able to keep the name and I totally understand wanting to change your name back to Fraser because it's that connection back to Scotland. And so I do feel lucky to have that Carmichael name still. 
do you feel you know more Scottish than American or is it a different kind of feeling that's that's in you I think it's different I do feel I do feel very American I guess you know I try to be I have to be careful how I say I try I try not to be you know the, we'll avoid politics yeah I don't want to be like the you know American American I try to be to have a you know be aware of the americanisms and things like that and to maybe not play those things up i'm i'm a military veteran i come from a long line of veterans actually my my father was in the military his father was in the military but and so it's different you know i'm i love living in the us i think really fortunate to be here also i'd love to live in scotland too but it's a different connection though it's something that feels very deep you know i and that's the thing when i when i look at pictures of lismore or talk to people in lismore I just had a conversation with, he was actually, can't remember his first name, but he was one of the last Carmichael, he's one of, he's the last Carmichael to live on Lismore now, but talking to these people, it's this, it's this strangely deep connection. I wrote an article about, you know, the Highland games, these, these Highland games, you know, car, or Americans go to a lot of times. And last year I went to my very first one. And one of the things I noticed was that everybody there almost instantly felt like family. And so it's kind of that deal. It's like there's something deeper, that Scottish connection where you can meet these strangers that, you know, you have really nothing in common with, maybe other than your last name and some DNA, but really feel very close to them. It's this really deep connection with them. And that's kind of how I feel with Scotland. I feel like, you know, sort of an an ambassador to Scotland, I guess, here in the United States, trying to create useful podcasts that put out information that that hopefully people find interesting. But I do it out of out of sort of a, a love for Scotland. I've never been there, in fact, but I feel really close to it. And so it's it's a strange thing. It's hard to put your finger on really what it is, but it's a very deep connection with Scotland. I and think I, yeah, I suspect lots of people have that too. Sorry. Yeah, no. I was gonna ask you, I was was wanting to talk to you about the Highland Games because I did read your Substack mm-hmm. about going to your first Highland Games. Okay. I think it's true wherever you are in the world. If you're even if you're if you're outside of Scotland and you go to a Highland Games, it it is that connection, just that you are in Scotland, even though you're in a completely different time zone because you're all that Scottish culture around you. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess, yeah, it's all the Scottish culture around you. You're hearing the bagpipes in the background, which it's impossible to hear without feeling Scottish. But you, you hear the the bagpipes in the background. You, you, know, you see all the people walking around in their kilts. And it's people who are just like you and I. People who don't live in Scotland, mostly. I'm sure there are some Scots that attend these Highland Games, but it's people like us who who don't live there, but feel that strong connection to Scotland so much so that they want to spend their weekend <laughs> going out and sitting under a tent in a field somewhere. What was your favorite activity in the Highland Games? Sports event or like activity? I would say my favorite activity was was probably just meeting different Carmichael's. As far as a sports event, I. I've always had sort of an interest in the caber toss. I remember as a as a kid, so I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and there was a video game. I can't remember what it was, but it had a caber toss in the game. And I always, I always thought, well, that's really strange, throwing telephone poles. And so it's been something that I've kind of been interested in in a long time. But just, you know, my favorite activity was just sitting around the tent, having a scotch and talking to different Carmichaels that showed up. I'm always surprised about, how many Carmichael's show up to these things? I include in the podcast, like, hey, we're going to be at Grandfather Mountain or hey, we're going to be at Stone Mountain or whatever. And I, I always I always wonder, like, 
I wonder if anybody hears this, first of all. And then I wonder if anybody really is making plans to come to this tent. And then we show up and people come. It's people that I haven't met before. You know, I just assume that I've met all the people who are interested in Carmichael's. And then we have people that show up and it's really neat. That's my favorite part about it. Easily just meeting other Carmichael's who cared enough to show up to these things. I, yeah, I can definitely empathize with that because I go to an event every week called Park Run and they're all over the world. It's, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a free weekly 5k run or walk. Okay. And okay. I was at our park run last week. We had a couple of visitors from Scotland and we were just talking. And I said, well, you know, my my ancestry is Scottish. My dad was Scottish. I'm a Fraser. And the guy I was talking to, he just put out his hand hmm. and was like, I'm a Fraser too. Oh, cool. And it was just, yeah, it That's was so cool. Neat. Yeah, just meeting <laughs> someone else. And he goes, and I live just down the road from the castle. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. That'd be really cool. Uh, and this, and so far away from Scotland too, that's, that's one of the things, I guess that's one of the things that, that surprises me is, you know, meeting the, like, like that meeting these Carmichael's so far away from the source of our name. Uh, it's just really neat. It's a really neat thing. And I guess they would have all left Scotland at completely different times. Not everyone has come over, you know, and after Culloden, some might have come over you, as you were saying before, like the different waves of mm-hmm. people leaving, leaving the country. Yeah. yeah. As far as I know, I mean, that would be the case. I think most of our, the members that I've talked to that are members of Clan Carmichael USA aren't from Lismore. I think the majority of Carmichael's are from the Lanarkshire area. So, and I'm not, you know, I'm not really certain what wave they came over with, but but yeah, I think that's safe to safe to assume that they're all different dates that they came over. So, and some of them came over from you know Scotland by way of Ireland. You know, they were the Scot Irish, Scotch Irish that you know that were living in Ireland and then came over. So, just different stories with everyone, but still that connection too. Mm. What interesting stories have you heard from meeting different Carmichael's? Hmm. Oh goodness. Well. Today was a, we, so in the United States today, we had a solar eclipse. So it was the it's a pretty big deal. I met one of the most interesting people. His name was John Carmichael that I had on my show. And he had this amazing story about how he had taken this photograph of the 2017 solar eclipse. Just a really, really interesting guy. Had an incredible story, takes amazing photographs and had an amazing story about it was kind of this serendipitous story about how he captured this photograph. And so I was scrolling through Facebook one night and saw this picture that he had taken of the the eclipse in 2017. And it kind of, I just stopped and I was like, wow, that's an amazing photograph. It's reading the caption and it said it was taken by a guy named John Carmichael. And I was like, you know, it's kind of the deal when you met the Fraser at this, at this run in New Zealand, you know, it's kind of like, okay, that's strange. So I, coordinated a, a discussion with him and and just you know he, he wasn't a member of clan carmichael usa he had been to the estate before it and met our chief and the chief's son andrew you know owned kilt was all into the carmichael stuff we i'd never met him but just you know had this incredible story about his art and this photograph and his travels that that one sticks out and of course 
it being an eclipse day also, it kind of comes to mind first, but I've met really, really neat people through this podcast, talking to different Carmichael's and different people who aren't Carmichael's too. I try to get, you know, professors to come on to talk about different things like declaration of our growth was one. I had several professors join me and talk about that. And then had one come on and talk about Robert Burns. And so, you know, they're not Carmichael's of course, but this really, really fascinating people to talk to. It's been fun. And what an education too. I know. I <laughs> I know. And it's, and it's, it's virtually free. I have to admit, I, you know, as I told you earlier, I pay for my recording membership, but it's virtually free, this education I've gotten through, through doing podcasts. So I'll, I love it. I really do. How did you get involved with the clan organization? I mean, you were selling saying before about how you learned about your grandfather and that got mm-hmm. you intrigued, but what was it that got you involved in the clan? And secondly, why should people who are descended from Scots join their clan? Yeah, I've been working on an answer for that second one for for three years to try to give a real good answer to that. But what got me involved was it really was that interest that I had about Clan Carmichael. From time to time, that would resurface. You know, like I said, it was something from my childhood that I was always interested in. I remember in high school kind of resurfaced and I had this interest about it. This was really kind of the emerging internet days. And so there was hard to do research. Clan Carmichael did have a website early on. And so I was able to find like what our badge looked like and a picture of the chief and his family. And of course, you know, the Carmichael house, which everyone thinks is a castle. They think it's a medieval castle and it's, it's uh, quite a bit less romantic than that in reality. But, you know, all that stuff, kind of went through this phase in high school and then later in college, I remember going through this phase again, like being real proud of this Carmichael connection that I had. And so later, I guess I'd been teaching. I, I, you know, I'm a high school teacher. I think I'd been teaching for maybe, I don't know, six or seven years. And it kind of emerged again, kind of surfaced this interest in Clan Carmichael. And so I became a member. I went to their website and joined and got a newsletter. And at the time, it was one of the first newsletters I got. The president at the time, his name was Don Carmichael. He was, he was kind of, he was putting out a call for help that they needed help. They needed someone to do their newsletter. They needed someone to do their memberships. <laughs> they were, there was really one person who was doing all of it and she wanted to not do all of it. And so I volunteered. I thought, I said, you know, I'll do memberships. And then another Carmichael, Leah. Carmichael Hargrove, she she had stepped up to do the newsletters, and we both started at the same time. I took over memberships, and she took over the newsletter, and so that's kind of what got my foot in the door with with Clan Carmichael USA, doing memberships, and then I was asked to run for a board position, and so I did, and became a board member also, and so that's how I got in the door there. That's 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 how that happened. I really feel like I got lucky there also because they needed someone. One of the biggest challenges for people who are interested in Clan Carmichael is like, how do you get started helping? And it's been one of the things we've tried to figure out over the years is like, where would a new person start? Like, how do you, if you're if you're a member and you want to volunteer, like, what do you do? Because you know you don't want to just run for the board. That's like going to the very top. So I feel lucky that there was a place to come in that they needed someone to do memberships, and I was good with details, and so it worked out well. And then the podcast kind of came along afterwards as, you know, like I said, as a preservation type thing. But 
So why should someone join? I've emailed and left Facebook comments to answer this question so many times, but it's funny because it's still hard to really nail down a good answer for it. You know, it's so first of all, we have a great newsletter. <laughs> That's one reason to join because you get a really nice newsletter that it's really well done. And so our memberships are also fairly inexpensive, I think. And so, you know, for the for the $30, you get a nice newsletter and, and you support Clay and Carmichael. But I think it's more than that. I think there's, it's like, you know, it's hard to convince someone to do it, to, to join because, you know, I joined because of this, this, you know, kind of a love I had for Carmichael, this interest I had. And so for me, it was no question. Of course, I'm going to join. I don't care if I get a newsletter or not. I just wanted to join, you know, and so... It's really hard. It's really hard to really to nail that down. I think you join because of the the camaraderie. You know, you join and go to these events, and you start seeing people, and you start seeing them again, and they start to feel like family. You know, that's one reason. Another reason is just to help out. You know, help help us continue to do the work we're doing. You know, the membership fees they do cover the cost of newsletter. You know, the production and also the the mail to send those out. You know, we we toyed with the idea one time about doing digital newsletters, but we didn't really want to because it's, it's, it's still nice to get a big envelope in the mail and to pull out the, you know, your, we call it the Eagle gate. It's the Eagle gate newsletter and to pull that out and it's, it's full color. It's a really nice glossy newsletter. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, that's a reason I think, but I don't know. There's, I think the reasons people join are different with everybody, but we are working that's one of the things we're trying to do is to figure out a really good sales pitch on why they should join. Because, you know, I do meet people who haven't joined and I always wonder, you know, like the one I talked about, John, who had been to the estate and was a proud Carmichael, but hadn't joined. And I, I'm, I always wonder what, what it is, like what the disconnect is there, like why they didn't want to join. So we're working on that. I guess people would join for different reasons. Like if, for me, wanting to do this podcast is because I want to connect more people to their Scottish ancestry and to help them feel that even though they might not live in Scotland, it doesn't mean that you're any less Scottish than someone yeah. with Scottish ancestry who might be in the UK. Um, but it's That's also probably that. some of it too. I, I feel like having that membership also, it makes that connection stronger. It's a more, it's a tangible thing. Like you can show the card, I'm a member. You know, like, and, and it, you know, it shows, it shows your, your, your loyalty, I guess, you know, and your dedication and your, you know, you, you put your money where your mouth was, I guess, you know, and joined, like I said, it's still really not expensive, but, but it is, it is that thing too. I think it strengthens that connection with Scotland. Yeah. I mean, it's not your fault that you're not living in Scotland now when you I went here. Yeah, it's not your fault. You weren't born there. It was a decision made hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I've, some of the guests I've had on were, I talked to one lady, she's a professor. She works with historic, historic environment, Scotland. Yeah, that's it. And she was a Canadian and decided she would go get her master's degree in Scotland because it only took one year instead of two. And she ended up staying and taking a job with the Scottish government. So, you know, maybe one day that'll, I'll have a path like that that opens up in front of me too. Yeah. One day, you never know. If yeah. I were to give you 24 hours in Scotland anywhere, where would you choose to be for those 24 hours? Well, I have to move quick. <laughs> I would, I would start, I would start at the Carmichael estate in Lanarkshire. That, that to me is where any 
Carmichael Scotland trip starts. Um, I've I've not been there yet, and of course that's a very high priority for me. On my first trip to Scotland, there's no way I won't go. I want to go meet our chief in person and meet Andrew in person, and so that's where I would start this trip. But like I said, I have to move quick because I've got to get to the Inner Hebrides and see Lismore also, and so I would I would go there. Wow. This trip would take some coordination beforehand, too, because I've had several guests that have told me to contact them if I come to Scotland and we would do scotch tasting. So I would need to coordinate those things ahead of time. So my trip would go southern Lanarkshire, Carmichael Estate, then move west to the to the to Lismore. And I would you know, love to tour the island a little bit. And if I've got time, I think I want to go to Isla next. And that's where we're going to coordinate with the Scotch tasting events with Alistair Carmichael, the MP. He's from Isla. And so rather than meet him in Orkney, which would be too far, we would we would convene in, in Isla and have some Scotch. So that's what my 24 hours in Scotland would be. It sounds like a pretty epic trip. I would try to convince everybody to show up on Isla, all the people that I want to see in Scotland. The list has grown long rather quickly, actually. But, but yeah, that's that's probably, that's what the trip would, would be. Awesome. And what kind of Scottish food or drink would you like to enjoy? I'll tell you, I want to try haggis. And not because I think it sounds great, because it's, it's you know, it, it sounds okay. But I want to try haggis because I've just not had it. And that kind of seems like I need to check that box also, that I can't truly be a a Scottish person here if I've not had haggis yet. So that would be at the top of my list. And washed down yeah. with a nice whiskey. Oh, of course. That's such a sad story that I've not had haggis. I've not been to Scotland. We've got to fix these things. <laughs> yeah, surely you can get haggis at the Highland yeah. Games. Well, you, you can. You can get them. I think there's some sort of importation. There's some sort of deal where you can't import like real haggis here, though. And so I'd have to go to Scotland to have real haggis, which is fine. I'll gladly come there to try it. But yeah, I think there I think there are some you can get haggis here, but it's not quite the same, I believe. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you can't beat I Scottish haggis. I won't look too deeply into it because I might find out it is the same and then not have to do that trip to Scotland too. <laughs> oh, I think you have to do that Scotland trip. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I what- think so too. What would be the soundtrack to your trip? Like what would what music would you be playing in the car as you're doing that drive? <laughs> well, so we're gonna assume I'm in the car by myself because you know, not everybody loves bagpipes. The soundtrack would have to include bagpipes of some sort. You know, I I probably can't listen to bagpipes solid the entire time. I've always really, really enjoyed Nikki Benedetti. She's a, a violin musician from scotland and once she has one album called a scottish fantasy and i would probably i would most definitely have to listen to some nikki benedetti as i drove down the road in scotland it would make the trip perfect and so i recommend it to everyone if you've not heard a scottish fantasy by nikki benedetti it doesn't have any bagpipes in it but it's fantastic and she and her her label was kind enough to let me use that song some of her music in my podcast. And so not only do I love it because of that, but it's a great, great album. So that would be my soundtrack for sure. 
Well, maybe you could have her playing while you're doing your oh, whiskey perfect. tasting. <laughs> Even better, if she could be convinced to go to Isla and provide the soundtrack live, I wouldn't stop it from happening. Yeah, that sounds like a, a perfect 24 hours. It does. It does. I would even, you know, I would even welcome a misty, you know, overcast Scottish day. I'd be happy with that as long as it didn't mess up her violin, I guess. Those things uh, may be delicate. Yeah, I will have to check out her album. I have heard the music on your podcast and it is awesome. Uh, thanks. Yeah, that's that's what song was that that she let me use? It was Oh, the Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond was as she did on the violin. You know, Scotland is bagpipes, definitely. But this music, I'll play it sometimes if I'm writing. It's really nice to listen to. And you, you still have that. It's got that Scottish connection. It's really good. I highly recommend it. So that would be my soundtrack for my, if, if I could convince her to just travel around and play the entire time, that would be great too. Yeah. You mentioned earlier your wife and not enjoying mm -hmm. the bagpipes so much. Like, is, <laughs> Does she have any Scottishness in her ancestry? She does not actually. She is from the Philippines. And so she may be one of the, one of the few people living here that don't have Scottish DNA. It could be that, you know, like she's, she's, we did her DNA profile too. And it was almost a hundred percent, you know, Filipino DNA. So maybe, maybe you have to have some Scottish DNA to really appreciate the bagpipes. I don't know. I think there is something in that. Probably so, because it doesn't seem like everyone likes the, likes the bagpipes that it's ear, it's ear piercing to some people, but then, you know, to us, we can just, we can listen to it and we love it. So I don't know. Do you love it enough to have tried to learn it yet? So last spring, I actually had the opportunity to learn. I went to a doctor and he actually played the bagpipes. We walked into his office and he had his practice chanter sitting on his desk. And I thought, well, that's really strange. you know. Like, <laughs> And so he it turns out he played the bagpipes and was Scottish also, like me. He wasn't from Scotland, but had that strong connection also. And, and he invited me to come to Nashville once a week for a class that they do. They teach how to play, you know, teach how to play the bagpipes in Nashville. And I was communicating with him. I intended to start. I was actually also applying to law school at the same time. And so I wasn't sure that I had the time to drive back and forth to learn to play the bagpipes. But I ended up not going to law school. So there is time now. So, and it's something that I think would be nice. One of my relatives, he would be... I don't know. He's a cousin, a fairly close cousin of mine, played the bagpipes also. He's a Carmichael too. And he learned how to play the bagpipes at some point in his life. And it was really neat. When my grandmother passed away, he was at the cemetery playing the bagpipes at her burial. And it was just like the most amazing thing to have a Carmichael wearing a Carmichael kilt standing there playing the bagpipes. And so I, you know, that was kind of one of those moments too, where you're like, wow, you know, this is, there's that this is real. There's a real connection to Scotland. So maybe I'll learn one day. I'd like to. Give it give it a go. Just have a go on the practice chanter. Maybe <laughs> learn Amazing Grace. Yeah. Well, I have a basement here, so I can go to the basement and close the doors and I won't bother anyone. That sounds like a good practice place. Yeah. I'm just learning the bagpipes. I'm not on the pipes yet. And other people have said, What do your neighbors think about it? It's like, well, they they don't know that I'm playing yet. 
because I don't have the pipes. <laughs> but maybe I need to start thinking about when I do have pipes. Right. Not just yeah, they the don't they don't shelter. know yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't know yet. They'll they'll learn one day. Yeah. So I would yeah, I don't know. I just I would like to I'd like to learn how to play. That seems like the ultimate, you know, tip of the hat to Scotland to learn to play the bagpipes. There are several in Clan Carmichael USA that still play. And I don't know. I, I really respect the fact that they took the time to learn how to play. And so it it is on my list of things to do is to learn how to play. The list is too long though. It is. But now just keep going with Carmichael Clan Radio and sharing all these awesome stories. Well, that's what I hope to do. You know, like I said earlier, I really love doing the podcast. Every time I, I release a new episode, you know, I edit it and I get it ready to go. And I tell my wife, I'm like, I think this is the best one yet. And literally every episode I've released, I tell her, this is the best one yet. And I, and I don't know if it's just me being biased toward my own work or what, but you know, it seems like they're getting better. I'm learning how to do this podcast a little better as I go, but I really love doing it. I would do it full time if I could. I love, you know, networking with people, meeting interesting people who are Carmichael's and who are people who work in the government in Scotland or, or members of the government in Scotland or professors. I have to admit, I, for the longest time, I had kind of this case of imposter syndrome where I'd started it because I was just, I just wanted to know how it worked and, and started talking to these people who I felt like they were way out of my league, you know? And, and I feel really, really lucky that people agree to come talk to me. And it's a real labor of love. I don't know that I've ever done anything, you know, professionally that I enjoy more than that. So, so I would love to keep doing it. I intend to. I've got every faith in you still keeping it going and getting those guests that, that you want to have. Oh, on. yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I'll definitely keep working on it. The episodes may slow down from time to time, but they will definitely keep coming also. So that is for sure. Well, I'll have links to the podcast in the show notes so listeners can go and check it out. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. And thanks again for, for having me on. Um, I was thinking before we started that when I started this podcast, I never dreamed that anyone would want to talk to me about, you know, the experiences that I've had doing this podcast, but also my experience as a Scottish descendant and what that means to me. So it's it's truly an honor to be here with you today and and to be included in in your podcast and this project you're doing. So I, I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for having me on. Well, the pleasure's all mine, Scott. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much to Scott for your commitment to Clan Carmichael from your initial joining of the clan through to the podcast that you produce today. I still find it incredible that Scott carries the Carmichael name more than 270 years after his ancestors crossed the Atlantic Ocean. But you don't have to carry the name to be a clan member and certainly not to be a member of the Scottish at Heart clan, which you can join over on Patreon. All links to everything mentioned today are in the show notes. Join me next week for another conversation about being Scottish at heart. You've just listened to Scottish at Heart. For more Caledonian connections, join our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. You'll get bonus content plus a members-only space to strengthen your Scottish ties. You can also make our day by leaving a five-star review. See you next time.